You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 378, forget the record, just get out on tour, early eventism and Christmas tree flavoured crisps. And can we persuade Juliet to change the format of her radio show? It's all coming up after The Pretenders and back on the chain gang.
a chirpy tune to start any podcast, despite the sad story behind the the song. Um, From way back in 1982, number five on the Billboard Hot 100 and number 17 over here in the UK, the splendid Chrissy Hind and the Pretenders and back on the chain gang. I thought you said crispy hind then. I was going to say that would be a great tribute, wouldn't it? <laughs> New cereal from Kellogg's, crispy yeah. hind. Yeah, crispy hind and the and the impersonators. Mm. Yes, I would. I would go and see them. Welcome to the podcast from the Parish Council. It's episode three hundred and seventy-eight. I'm Terence Stackham, and she may be the reason I survive, the why and wherefore I'm alive. She's Juliet Harris. Do you know, one day I'm going to start responding to these ridiculously <laughs> ornate intros by going, yeah, yeah, I am the best. Suck it up, bro. Yeah, that's that's it. Hello, everyone. Um, now, we've all come to understand that the dynamic in entertainment has turned on its head in the last 20 years. It used to be an artist or group would record an album, often at great expense, and then go out on a tour to promote the record. There would be little or no expectation that any profit would be made on such a tour. Live dates were often onerous. And even the biggest names in entertainment would have to be prepared to put up with a level of discomfort, all in the cause of promoting the record, from which, with no internet, no MP3s, no streaming... All of their income would be derived from sales of physical product from the vast number of record stores. Well, we know this has changed. Many towns no longer even have a record shop at all. There's no money in recording music thanks to MP3 sharing and now streaming. So artists now turn it round and make the majority of their income on the road touring. But if we've ever wondered quite how much acts can... Um, now make from live performances well Jules you have some eye-watering numbers for us yes these are these are just uh, crazy really so it's the Polestar mid-year top 100 worldwide tours um we won't we won't go through um we won't go through every single one obviously but i think the the various sort of things that i love analyzing stats mm. the various things that i've that i've kind of come up with firstly so ed sheeran is at the top which might not necessarily uh, surprise you um he um so the tour that he's on at the moment um how much do you reckon the average ticket price is to go and see ed sheeran oh uh well, I'm probably a bit naive. Uh, Twenty-five, thirty dollars. Yeah, I think you are. It's uh, it's uh, it's eighty. Oh apparently, according to this. Having said this, though, so Ed is Ed. A ticket to Ed is eighty pounds or eighty. I don't know what the currency is actually. This is do- this is all dollars. Yeah, it's an American dollars. Yeah, report. yeah. Okay, so it's eighty eighty dollars. Um, so in terms of what, and I think that so Ed has made. If you compare him to number two, who's Bruno Mars, Ed has made so much more when you look at the average gross which is the figures that were going on um his average gross is um a 10 million 186,550 that's his average gross um per and, gig yeah God um, so, so, he, the, so uh, the average tickets he sells for a show are one hundred and twenty-four thousand nine hundred and fifty-nine. Right. Um, the total tickets that he's sold on this show is to about two and a half million. So, so the average gross is, and we're twenty-one shows in out of out of fifty-two in total. So it's going quite well for Ed, I think. God. The average gross is, you know, ten million dollars. If you go to number two, Bruno Mars. 
his average gross is $4,725. So that's a huge drop, you'd think. But when you look at the average ticket price for Bruno Mars' show, the... Um, the uptown funk hit maker <laughs> um, the average ticket price for that is $132 wow. so in a way it is I say pile them high <laughs> seventy. pile them high sell them slightly less eye-wateringly expensive yeah. is the less catchy moniker but just goes to show and when you look at the top when you look at the top um, the top 12 people Ed's ticket price is the cheapest ticket price. So in a way, you could say that in this crazy kind of hyperinflated arena um, tour of, of, of acts, he is perhaps the most the most uh, the most sort of money conscious. If you want to see the Rolling Stones, you'll be paying an average of $160 pretty much, all by the shouting. Um, having said that, though, their their gross is much higher, but. But you know the the average tickets that they sell per show fifty seven thousand. So it's, there's lot you can look into lots of things to do with profit margins here. I think most of the top twenty are either there's pretty evenly split between modern pop success stories: Ed Sheeran, Bruno Mars, Taylor Swift, Pink, Justin Timberlake, Jay Z and Beyonce, Harry Styles, who who packs them in. Harry Styles grosses a million dollars a show which yeah. is surprising really given it that he's is. not exactly but or, or you've got the odd rapper here and there so Jay-Z Kendrick Lamar huge huge grocer probably the highest placed rapper I think because uh, mm. Jay-Z and Beyonce touring as a duo via Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash from my generation um, also Heritage Acts Rolling Stones Eagles uh, Roger Waters you two are almost a Heritage Act now we are mm. almost that old I think um, Foo Fighters are the only what I would call modern rock band and metallic are the only modern rock band in that top 20 and the occasional person I've never heard of which makes me assume <laughs> they're a country star so Kenny Chesney yes. for example but um Kevin Hart as well who I presume has got a, a name like a country and western person or who knows he might be a comedian I've no idea anyway so but basically the numbers that we are dealing in here are enormous they are they are millions they're millions per show like you say Ed Sheeran's gross total in millions is 213 I mean he has made in six months that is it's six months as you say about 20 odd gigs at 10 million a pop so he's He's turned in $213 million in six is. months. He is the biggest star in the world, and I say this oh, because, again, Bruno Mars down at two, mm. his gross is 113 so Ed is doing double his mm. nearest competitor. That is how wildly successful Ed Sheeran is. Um, also, it's interesting how the... How the and I don't want to say how the mighty fall because that sounds churlish, mm. but it's amazing how what goes up eventually has to come down. Um, Robbie Williams once had a claim to be the biggest mm. star in the world, you'd argue. Um, he's at number fifty-seven mm. with a, a, a gross so far of fifteen point three million. So, so he's not uh, he's not perhaps on top as he once was. Noel Gallagher's high flying bird. Remember when Oasis was telling everybody how mm. huge they were? He's at seventy-three, um, and his average gross is it's interesting. He's still he's still a child. Is £62 a ticket. So you're still going to pay $62 a ticket. So to go and mm. see at Disney Nolan Co. But his average show is 4000 But in a way, you could say, is that better value? Is it better value to pay 60 quid to see Noel Gallagher and be in a Brighton Centre mm. style style uh, building where you probably will actually get a reasonably good view? Mm. I know that the Brighton Centre is not small, but it's not the O2, for example. Or to pay only... 
a bit more to go and see Ed Sheeran and be one of eighty thousand people and not and they have to watch it on a screen. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point actually to 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 balance that out, isn't it? Because those eye-watering figures at the at the top, um, it's even more qualified when you think that you are seeing these people in huge O2 like arenas yeah, or the no, Hollywood Bowl yeah, or whatever. Yeah. No, I, I mean, because I paid 50 quid to see PJ Harvey at Brixton Academy once, but having mm. said that, we got a perfect view. We were stood by the stand desk. We were about, you know, I don't know how big Brixton is, but we were probably no more than about 100 yards away. And, um, you know, we got a really good view and it was a really good sound. So I don't begrudge paying large amounts of money to see people the 60 pound i see i paid to see brian wilson was you know Mm. money well spent in a park getting rained on but Mm -hmm. it was still brilliant but i don't mind paying a large amount of money to see someone if i'm actually going to see them if you see what i mean whereas it does seem i mean you know fair play to ed sheeran who is from a village where i've often got on holiday actually framlingham in suffolk he's not from a particularly and he's not he's not from the posh part of suffolk how can i put this he's Mm. from a he's from a pretty ordinary rural working part of suffolk i don't i've never seen his music it's not that i don't like it i've just never seen the appeal i just i just there are some acts where i think oh you know this isn't my cup of tea but you're really really good at what you do most of the big pop people for example like ariana grande and rihanna and things like that but with ed sheeran i just i can't see what other people are seeing i wouldn't say that i dislike him but i mean you know 213 million gross can't be wrong can it he's obviously hit on something that's made it the fact that he is so much more successful than his nearest competitor competitor the fact that more people want to go and see ed sheeran than they do the rolling stones Mm -hmm. that that turns on its head the idea that you know 50 quid man and heritage rock acts are saving the music industry i think one of the the really interesting finds in this list of it's the top 100 touring artists is exactly how much people and groups are still making further down the ladder mm. of fame you mentioned some of them um iron maiden you you might be tempted to think I've, I've been to see iron maiden with my bandmate's husband in the o2 they were magnificent we paid about 60 quid i think see, and that I, was in 2013 well there we are you see we're, we're, we're five years on now and i'd be thinking oh bless them are they still going you know iron maiden very much as you say heritage 17.3 million gross from live appearances in the first six months of this year um and also the ticket price hasn't gone up very much so mm. i paid six, i paid 60 pounds to see them at the o2 and according to this the average ticket price is 69 dollars and that's mm. that's you know five years on and uh, lord um you know royals oh, I love lord, lord. I love exactly she should have every nice thing ever i think lord is amazing absolutely but let's be honest a bit of a one-hit wonder to, to many she's not exactly um you know, had streams of hits every time she puts her albums do well there, and she and she gets streamed a lot by the kids. Twelve million dollars from touring in the first half of twenty eighteen. Mm. We've got to remember with these figures, you could do six months of touring and never work again, and you're, no, you're set up for life. I mean, even even a hundred, aha, and now that really is. Well, if you're going to snark at one hit wonders, mm. and are oh, they still going? Yeah. Um, yeah, don't write to me about the sunshines on TV. It is take on me and <laughs> nothing else. Mm-hmm. They still, 
did uh, still in the first half of this year did 8.7 million absolutely and, and just above them Jerry Seinfeld 11.6 million earned in six months on the road this year Paloma Faith 10 million Santana 9 million it's mm. absolute there's massive dollars on that dusty yeah, trail absolutely. of live gigs for sure although for my, sure. my biggest surprise person that was incredibly low who was again someone mm. else who was massive at one point what on earth is Lady Gaga doing at 97 her star has really fallen hasn't it I mean, it's it's how quickly things can change. Although, having said that, she has got, to use the old-fashioned term, very good notices for her appearance Mm. in A Star Is Born. But, yeah, I I mean, again, I think Lady Gaga is a proper pop star. Her music is phenomenal. And, yeah, there she is. It's strange, isn't it? The good news, like you, I I share your view on Ed Sheeran, but the good news for Ed Sheeran, it just keeps rolling in because not only at the top of that are the highest-grossing musicians in 2018, just a reminder, 213.9 million. Which is, is just bononkers, isn't it, really? That's really ridiculous. But, but news comes in that um, researchers have found that specially selected songs played in fast food chains increases takings. And <laughs> right, OK. A, a Spotify-backed startup called Soundtrack Your Brand, which is depressing. Oh, that is, that is, that is dispiriting, yeah, really is. mildly, isn't it? They found that these specially selected songs can increase takings by near, uh, nearly 10%. So, of that's course, quite a, that's quite an uptick, it, isn't it? It, it really is. It, it, if you play the right music, people will stay longer and go and buy more food at your at your um, your um, fast food place. Who, of course, is top of the list of artists that tempt us to go super size with our fries? None other than Ed Sheeran, of course. Um, <laughs> I have a theory behind that. Apparently, these people say, this is a quote, his modern, welcoming and expressive parameters target the millennial audience, end of quote. So when you next go to McDonald's, you'll probably get Ed Sheeran with your Big Mac, like it or not. Well, firstly, I go through the drive-thru. I try not to hang out yeah, in McDonald's. Um, the fact that I am experiencing McDonald's in the first place is, you know, not ideal. But anyway, mm. uh, secondly, um, I have a different theory mm. on this. Uh, speaking as a millennial, albeit the oldest millennial swinger in town, I am I'm just qualifying the bracket of 80, 84 to 2000, which apparently makes you a millennial. I am, My attitude would be if I had here Ed Sheeran say, uh, playing and they ask all those questions, do you want this, do you want that, do you mm. want Super Size? I go, yeah, 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 just give it to me so I can get out <laughs> So I think that might be that might be the reason for it, I suspect. Actually, it's funny you say that because there's there's tube stations in London in well I'm going to have to say the rougher parts of town <laughs> where they pump out classical music in the lobbies and just outside onto the pavements to try and stop young men wearing hoodies from oh, hanging around. How and, depressing that classical music is so mm, off-putting for young people. That's something else that's made. This is harshing my mellow. This podcast. Can we talk about <laughs> something cheerier, please? We will. Early eventism. Why do we get so I don't count that as being cheerful <laughs> why do we get so heated up about Christmas crackers in the shops in August uh, that's next after a tune that grooves along beautifully from the internet Yeah. 
Well done, chats, for having a completely um, ungoogleable name. I'm not mm. quite sure why they did that deliberately, but anyway, I really like this. I think I heard this as a again speaking of slightly sort of depressing things. Mm. Um, I have experienced most of my what I would call straight ahead pop music or anything that isn't indie or alternative or northern soul. I tend to experience via the medium of TV adverts nowadays <laughs> or being out and about. And this must have been on an advert recently. And I did a bit of a bit of a. I don't you use Shazam. I, I use I use Soundhounds. So, I have that on my so, phone uh, as well. Other yeah. services are available. Mm. So as ever, we beat is not quite one. So uh, so mm. I used this and found this tune. It reminds me a bit like a song that we played ages ago called uh, G Up by Kindness, I think, on this oh. podcast. And that it, I could happily have it be four times as long than it actually is. But it's got a really kind of nice lolloping groove about it. So that is um, from the album Hive Mind, which is a really nice album, actually. That and Jungle have been my favourite albums of this year so far. Um, it, the, the artist is called the internet and it's it's got punctuation in it which i'm always very keen on so it's called roll open brackets burbank funk close brackets yeah completely new to to me i absolutely love it and i've jotted down on one of my little post-it notes here to i I must check out that hive mind album as well it's it's a nice album it's Mm. it's it's that i'm not sure there's anything else that's quite that good but it's all got a similar vibe and that and that and jungle the heavy california we played the other week are Mm. are my favorite records of this year so far i think now depressingly for some christmas starts uh with the release in the uk of the john lewis retail christmas television commercial indeed which we whinge about 
out every year. You can, tell it's, you can tell it's Christmas is coming um, because A, the John Lewis uh, avid is on TV and B, we are complaining about it on this <laughs> podcast. A friend of mine once said to me that she knew that Christmas was coming. She said, it's not so much that they start talking about the pantomime on the archers, is that I start getting texts from you going, this pantomime <laughs> every year, I'm sick of it. So, uh, so yes. yes. And in the USA, some would argue it's at the first sight of the Coca-Cola holidays oh. are coming commercial, which is a which big deal. Which has now come over here as yes, well. I, again, yes. the, the only time I've ever been edited for swearing on this podcast is when we discussed <laughs> the Coca-Cola lorry and how your disbelief at my former colleagues taking time off to go and take I their know. children to see it. Absolutely extraordinary thing to it do. Is, Just to look crazy, at a lorry going past. Um, exactly. well, they give you free Coke, apparently. So, uh, so there are sort of goodie baggy type things, I think. This time of year, newspapers are, are, are full of columns from people berating the fact that Christmas stuff appears in the shops earlier well, and earlier. Put of something, anyway, mm. I would say. Now, this week, the somewhat lower league supermarket, Iceland, here in the UK. <laughs> wow, that is such a burn, which is ironic, given yeah. that they are a freezer-based enterprise. I, I sounded really pompous there, didn't I? Really I was going to say, well, mm. I know what to get you for Christmas. Well, they've launched, Iceland have launched their bizarre new range of crisps, or potato chips, as they say in the USA, uh, it makes me wince to announce the flavour. Christmas tree flavour crisps oh, from Iceland. I've seen, I've seen them over here as well. Yeah, it's, 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 what are you doing, guys? I can understand pinks in blankets. Mm. And I have to say, I'm a big, I was a big fan of the co-op's Prosecco waffle-based crisps last <laughs> year. We, we, oh, we would literally eat as many packets as we could before they sold out. They were wonderful. Yeah, I was, I was thinking Christmas tree flavoured crisps uh, from Iceland. And, you know, no doubt they taste of family recriminations, disappointment and pine cones. Um, <laughs> I don't know which is worse. I think it's the last one. Essentially, uh, although the anticipation is there before, and Christmas itself is one day, uh, yet the hullabaloo has already started in many stores. When I went on my now infamous journey to collect my socks from Marks and Spencer oh, yes, last week... Oh, yes, indeed. You were laughing along a Terence escapade. Uh, that's yeah. right. I, I had no option but to walk through displays and shelves offering Christmas cards and gifts that even the, the most elderly grandmothers would find old-fashioned. Um so far as the stores are concerned, Christmas is with us already. Do you join in with the early eventers, Jules, or is it all a load of humbug till we get to December? Well, I'm usually the latter, although I have to admit, when I bustled into Marks and Spencer's during my lunch hour the other day, mm. I did think, oh, I'm sorry that I'm such a grump about early mm. Christmas things, because they're starting to get all their Christmas sandwiches in. And, and uh, you know, for those of us frazzled, either frazzled commuters or frazzled office workers, sometimes if you're working right to the run-up of Christmas, and in my profession, the Christmas rush is huge, sometimes the only thing way to cheer yourself up is to buy a mini Christmas sandwich selection from Marks and Spencer's <laughs> at lunch. So they did have excellent i wonder if they're going to do their pork crackling in apple sauce again this year mm. that was lovely anyway so mm. so i'm not usually an early event of fan um seeing easter eggs in tented and tesco's in january i mm. think is my my biggest rage inducing thing ever on this count but i mean i it, it just it seems like there's always something nowadays so so we and and they're nearly always imported from america as well mm. like we say so it's black friday is now a thing over there uh, over here i don't understand why black friday is a thing here by the way because the whole point of it was it was the day after thanksgiving yeah. and we don't have thanksgiving over here unless we are now going to in which case that will be completely culturally irrelevant <laughs> to us congratulate but we touch out it from the other end and say oh this is when the americans went and left us which does feel relevant politically 
maybe this is where mm. everyone's gone and left us i don't know but um i i am not necessarily a fan of early eventism because i think you end up in this kind of cycle of constantly looking forward to the next thing rather than enjoying the thing you have it's the same reason why christmas day commercial tv depresses me because all the christmas adverts have gone and all the adverts you get are for things like kitchens and carpets and sofas and all that kind of stuff mm. and it's sale adverts and it's like time has already moved on mm. and i find that very depressing so i'm quite a fan of early eventism i was talking to my colleague about this today and she said to me how early are you willing to consider Christmas on a, on a kind of a, not on a professional level, but on a kind of a personal level? And I said, well, I used to be a 1st of December merchant. Mm. I know some particularly crazy people who do the Victorians and, and do the 12 days of Christmas properly, which is they have nothing ready until Christmas Eve. I think that is a little misguided. Mm. But I'm, I'm, I said to her, it used to be the 1st of December. I don't agree with August, September, October. I said, my compromise now is that I am willing to start thinking about it after the armistice after after the 11th of november right, that is okay. my that mm-hmm. is my compromise on being forced to buy christmas things in august i would i would rather do that but i i mean part of me thinks i'll just let people do it my increasingly kind of you know my increasingly tired liberalism is just letting people think i'll oh, just do what you want you know is it harming anybody but i think it is isn't it like i say i do think we live in this kind of world now where we're always rushing on to the next thing you know those of us and i have to be honest that are addicted to our mobile phones you're always cycling between the next app you're waiting for the next notification i think it's i you know and i think it's just a, it's a sign of the times that mm. we're always being told to look at something else and i you know i think it's a shame i would much rather that we keep we keep you know special occasions as special occasions rather than trying to if you try to make life a special occasion then it just the the special becomes ordinary this is so true i mean much of the overkill comes from shops stores and the tv commercials not being satisfied uh, leaving it only to christmas celebrations as you say halloween used to be a minor event here and i'm convinced it was only after the huge popularity of the et movie uh, over here in the uk oh, that's that we... interesting i never thought of it. i think it was only after that that we got into the whole trick-or-treat thing i think it was unknown in my youth so nobody went trick-or-treating no, absolutely. but now it's the shops are yeah. shops are full of polyester and acrylic halloween costumes and related yeah, so it's, it's, it's very sure that having said that as i had now but on TV the other day and I must admit I have to buy some of their crumpets that are shaped mm. like ghosts they look amazing well that sounds good and then, then doesn't the sh- it yeah, yeah that, 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 that sounds worth having then the shops immediately switched to the whole Guy Fawkes November the 5th thing here in the UK loads of villages somewhat frantically though given that there's only five it, days between, is, between a Halloween and and, a, and it, bonfire night exactly it's, as you said it's one thing after the other loads of villages around here me here now they're, they're loading up village greens with massive wood pallet towers um just to set fire to them and this is a, a new thing around here i know you you have uh, that you know sort of louis bonfire and everything d- down down in sussex then it's thanksgiving in the usa as you say then black friday both there and here where um where people get into punch-ups trying to wrestle giant tvs off each other in asda and then the true spirit of the commercialization of christmas can truly get underway with the stories of people paying to go to a a winter wonderland in a shed in oh, the yeah, woods this literally turns out to be a, you know a drunk old man and two <laughs> dogs with antlers taped to them yes we've seen this i don't know why people go to these things and, and then you know the next thing is some unchecked story about a council authority banning christmas for fear of upsetting jedi people or something and you know so we've, we've all got that look to look forward to in, in, in the next couple of months 
Yes, yeah. absolutely. I can't wait, can you? I really can't, no. Uh, coming next, let's see if we can persuade Juliet to change her whole <laughs> approach to her radio show. I'm looking forward to this. That will, this will be nice. <laughs> That's right after Portugal, the man. recent and biggest selling album to date it reached number 32 in the states from the album woodstock that's portugal the man and live in the moment which is a sensible advice as any buddhist would uh, would agree i was gonna say that is profound man yeah yeah lovely track though now jules you and other astute people listening to me just then will have noticed that before that track i gave the name of the band and then after the track i said the name of the band and the name of the song it's indeed it's kind of traditional it's always been it sort of made sense for anyone broadcasting to try and clearly say to identify a song being played um 
Now, in the old days, if people missed uh, what the the presenter had said, people used to people used to write in and ask Tony Blackburn, "Oh, what was that song you played on September the twenty first that had something to do with San Jose in the title?" And when I worked worked at Capital Radio for a while in the nineteen seventies, a lot of incoming calls were people ringing up and asking things like, "Oh, what was what was yeah. that track that Nicky Horn played just after the six o'clock news?" different times from information was like gold dust in those days but there's a major trend happening particularly in the states for radio station presenters disc jockeys not to pre-announce or back announce the music they're playing I, i spoke to a friend of mine this week who works at a radio station in los angeles and he says it's a decision based on several factors the the music is important but by not announcing it, the presenters have more time for day-to-day chat, I hesitate to say banter, without being distracted. Yes. As he could... anti-bants on this Yes, yeah. very much so. Um, the, 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 the station managers say that they don't want the presenters distracted. It's very interesting, that's the actual word he said, by having to announce the records. Um, and they also say... Their argument is they show the full details of every song being played. If you listen to their web player or, uh, uh, or on mobile devices, it pops up telling you what's being played right now. And their website keeps full details of every track played so you can easily go back and see what was that track you missed. And in any case, he says, if anyone is desperate to know the track that they're playing right at this moment, they can just shazam it. So... Are you going to follow this lead, Jules? Should we, I mean, in fact, should we stop mentioning what we've just played here at the Parish Council? And maybe you could revolutionise your weekly radio show by not mentioning the music at all. Well, this is uh, this goes right to the root of, of, I think, how people consume radio and why they consume radio. So, thinking about my show, it doesn't have a massive audience, but it does have a dedicated audience, which is very sweet. Mm. I'm very keen on that. Um, uh, different people different listen to my show. It, it goes out live. I'm very behind on doing podcasts, but it, it, it goes out live, and most people tend to listen to it live. Mm. Um, they are... Um, either people that are doing other things so a friend of mine who's a fellow Labour Party traveller in every sense of the word um, she listens whilst doing her branch minutes because she's a branch secretary Mm. so she will be at her laptop listening to it but even then she will text me and say what was that you just played even if I've back announced it so she doesn't want to go on and kind of check Mm. I've got people that are are bathing their kids quite often so they can't they're not in a position Mm. whereby they can shazam something or they can go on and look it up and interestingly I a lot of my new music I get from six, BBC Six Music, and which I can listen to in my car nowadays because I've got a DAB radio. Now, it does say, DAB radio does, if you look at the display, give the name of the song and the artist, although it only goes because i don't have a really artist player you usually mm. get most of the, the name and then about three <laughs> letters of the artist and if i really like something i think oh i'll look that up then and i can look it up on my phone and buy it but if you're li- if i'm listening somewhere and you can and, and the bbc does like they keep full track listings there's quite i lose a lot of tracks because i think oh yeah i must look that up if i'm nowhere near the radio if i well, if i'm not near enough to see it, i think oh, i must look that up and nine times out of ten i completely forget i much prefer it when things are announce and when i say people why people will listen to radio it depends what they're listening for and i think it, there are lots of people that listen to radio you know bbc radio two still wildly popular over here and we've talked about this before on the podcast how mm. people listen you talked about getting rid of traffic bulletins and i mm. said well actually most people 
people listen in their cars. Most people listen when they're sort of on the move. You know, I, I know radio too intimately because there are people renovating a house opposite where I work, so the builders are always singing along to various <laughs> things. But having said that, they do listen to commercial radio too because they got so entranced in the summer with singing along with everything. They did all sing along to the Asda jingle at one point. <laughs> so, so clearly radio having a huge impact on them, but I don't think the DJ back announced that. But, um, but I, I, I do think that... I do have a, 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 a bit of an issue with... So my show is a music show. It's a show about music. I, Much like John Peel's was, he said that he used... By the way, he used to get people stopping him in supermarkets and say, so you played a song about a year ago. It was a bit reggae, and the, the bass line went thumpity-thump-thump. Thump. Do you hmm. know what it is? And he said people used to get terribly affronted when he didn't. But um, but I, you know, I am a music broadcaster. That's what I'm into. That's why people listen to my shows, because they want to listen for the music. And occasionally I might, you know, go off on a slight tangent when I'm talking about things. But by and large, I want to talk about the music. That's why I'm there. Mm. I'm not there to fill three hours of inane chatter, I must admit. And I do have a problem. It's, it makes me sort of chuckle in a way. Six Music having some changes coming up soon. Different people have different views of broadcasters, don't they? I think it's like Marmite, really, sometimes. You either are into someone or you can't stand them. And... I listen to the breakfast show at the moment on Six Music and I often hear a song and think, oh, that's really good. I must find out who's done that. And it stops. And then Sean Keebney goes and does his shtick where he's this kind of tired old man hmm. and off doesn't say the song and I just think oh for goodness sake so in a way that show encourages me to find out new music because I want to turn it off the minute that he starts speaking which then means I then go on and look up where the because where the, the, even if there is a back announcement which there often isn't you know I don't want to wait around for it so hmm. so it depends what you listen to, 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 to radio for really Steve Wright for example and the zoo style broadcasting if you don't don't like that you can't listen to steve wright's show because it's such a huge part of it sometimes he plays quite good music although quite often it's it's not new music i well, correct me if i'm wrong but i don't often hear new music on the very rare occasions where i do have enough energy to listen to steve wright in the afternoon uh, hey steve love the show etc but you know people that really like it listen to it because they like all that kind of stuff between songs but i think that it's difficult i think lauren laverne on six music does a really good mix of having both as do Rico, um, uh, Ricconi, um, Radcliffe and Maconi. I've mm. managed to make a, a single thing out of them, although I know it's just uh, just Maconi at the moment, and obviously I send my best wishes to Mark Radcliffe, but I think mm. I think it's, uh, you know, I couldn't, you know, I think it's important to tell people what songs they're listening to, because they might not be sat in front of a laptop, ready to look something up, or ready to Shazam. Don't Shazam whilst driving people, that's not a good idea. Mm. And, and also, you know, is anyone really interested in what I've got to say? I'm not entirely convinced, and I'm not convinced that anything that I've got to say is better than Heroes by David Bowie, which I played the other day. I'm happy to let that do the talking, frankly. Just on a side issue here about Steve Wright in the afternoon. Um, not a big listener myself, I have to say, but there is a lot of people perhaps don't realise there's no more dedicated man to his show than Steve Wright in that... He spends hours and hours and hours each day at Broadcasting House. He's often there till, like, midnight every day preparing the next day's show because what he does, and if you listen to this his show ever now, mm. you'll notice this. Um, his pre, when, when his pre-recorded interviews, which most of them are, although they dropped in as live, most of his interviews are pre-recorded, vast majority. And what he does is he spends hours himself in Broadcasting House in the evenings he clips out 
every single gap of people speaking and if if somebody's giving an answer and they draw a breath he cuts that out and if there's a gap between him asking a question and the person that he's interviewing answering he cuts that out and once you notice that on Steve Wright in the afternoon it's absolutely quite unnerving well that's why it is so relentless that's Mm. why I've said I need energy to listen to Steve Wright because it's just at you 24-7 isn't it there is if you ever listen to it there is no gap at all the normal speech that's astonishing it really is like you or I would have you know you sort of think oh I've come to a stop so there's a even just a momentary pause while the while the other person then speaks he will then go in and digitally alter every line every few seconds of interview to cut those little gaps out and as I say once you once you know that then you know you can't help but listen out for it in every interview he does yeah now on on that other on the other topic like you I well I use Shazam a lot I must confess if I if I hear a song I like being played in a pub or a restaurant um I often use Shazam or Soundhound because I didn't know of it you mentioned it once and I thought oh I'll try that and it's very very good it's it's very it's almost good unnervingly mm. good I remember showing it to an older friend of mine once he's a man in his sort of 50s 60s and uh, he's a big fool fan so for his 50th mm. we did play him 50 year old man by the fool but uh, mm. I went round once and I, I told I told him about this and uh he went, oh, it won't work. And it did work. And he was so, he thought it was basically witchcraft. Mm. And he ended up going through all of his record collection to find <laughs> the most obscure bootlegs he could because we tried so hard to beat Shazam and we couldn't. Now, the thing is, yeah, exactly, it's, it's always amazing. I often use Shazam listening to your show. And I'll explain why. Because although you're going to tell me what the track is with shazam just can't wait (laughs) i can't no there is that but with shazam i can save the info and even stick it straight onto a spotify a spotify playlist with one click so i I don't have to jot the info down just a couple of clicks all the info saved and if i like a particular track i've saved it into a spotify list but I do understand your show, of course, is built around your enthusiasm for the music you play and your passion for it. It's so engaging that if you dropped all the music info and your feelings about it, then your show just wouldn't be the same. So. Who, who wants to know about my trip to the supermarket? I mean, really. <laughs> That's why people listen to this podcast for our collisions with everyday life. Absolutely. By the way, if anyone has an urge to hear one of the shows that doesn't mention the music at all, um, you can hear this online. It's from Los Angeles is the breakfast show on k earth 101 for example is a prime example of this um, if you listen outside the usa you would need a vpn to listen because it's sort of protected but it's easy to, to do it's very it's fascinating it's to listen you're speaking to. chinese but i'll try and work oh, out how to do this a, a virtual network you can just it, it set this up on your laptop for free the sites that will provide it where the, it tricks the um, your computer tricks the site, a radio web a station website in this case, <clears throat> excuse me, into thinking that you're actually listening from the United States oh, instead see. of from Excellent. here. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting experiment. It's, I, I recommend anybody do it for a while because it's quite amazing to hear, you know, streams of records and they're just played and they're not mentioned. So the, you'll get to the end of a cut and uh, the district is sort of, you know, the music will be sort of fading away and the guy will say, hey, what about Jimmy Fallon on TV last night? Did you see that? You know, and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, the, the music feels almost like it's incidental. It's just filling the gaps between it's the just presenters. Filling, yeah, yeah. How depressing. When you're not buying Prosecco flavour crisps this week... Oh, I can't wait. I really can't. 
Where might we find you hither and thither? Well, indeed, hither and also thither. Mm. You can find me doing the aforementioned Indie, Indie Wonderland. Wonderland. That feature wasn't just a, an excuse to plug <laughs> this, honest. Um, on, I'll be on uh, next on air on Wednesday, the 24th of October, 8 to 10pm, barricaderadio.com, Indie, Alt Rock and Miscellaneous. I'm very much looking forward to going to see the Manfreds again in Eastbourne uh, next, next Thursday, the 25th. This will be the fourth time I've seen the Manfreds, which is basically Manfred Man without Manfred Man. Oh. So look, looking very much forward to doing that and then um depending on when we next do the podcast i'm djing again at the dragon bar in hastings by myself on saturday the 27th of october 8 until 11 they do lovely food in there by the way so come and have a nice meal and uh, and listen to some nice music thanks to you for listening yeah you uh, even yeah, you yeah even you and thanks to executive producers rona and hilly and taking us out an intriguing track from um an alter ego of Nicholas or Nico Jar. Yeah, this is interesting. And again, talking about how people can see music. Um, so this is on uh, not a Spotify playlist, but this is from an Apple Music playlist. So I'm a subscriber to Apple Music, and they make they sort of recommend playlists to you each day. And they have one that's made by their editors that's called Vol de Nuit, and um, it's basically a kind of a late night electronic thing. It's, a, it's described itself as an eclectic selection of late night sounds and understated grooves. And I like playlists like this because they they bring me across stuff that I would never hear. Usually, I don't think. And this is on this playlist, and I just really liked it. And it's a nice tune to drive to, and I, I, I just, I just really enjoyed listening to it. So I know nothing. I, can't, I have nothing else to offer about these people. Um, you, you've done more research than I have, embarrassingly. But anyway, this is against all logic, and the track is called City Fade.
You have been listening to a DACA Media Production.